but the interesting thing about this is that, and people can remember this, that emergencies are seconds away, but police officers are minutes away. And I don't have time to wait on a police officer when I got an emergency if somebody's trying to take my life. I need to protect myself. And so the Second Amendment, as we discussed there, as you noted, um, is the only amendment that tells you within the amendment the reason for the amendment. And most people don't understand that or think that way. But within that amendment, a well-regulated militia for the necessity of the security of the free state Get ready for the uncloseted conservative hour you've been waiting for. No censors, no fake news, just facts and the freedom to speak them. Friends, if you are still in the conservative closet, I've got one question for you. Why? We've sat in silence. We've been on the sidelines for years. How has it been working out? That's why it's an uncloseted conservative revolution right here, right now. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host, the original Uncloseted Conservative. Guys, thanks for being a part of the Uncloseted Conservative Army. We are building a peaceful army. Peaceful army. Peaceful army. Uh, But we do stand ready to defend any day, any time, any tyrant. Okay, I'm talking to you, uh, big authoritarian left. Guys, the show is presented by Birch. Gold Group. Make sure that you text Mobley to 989898 to get your free informational kit. Look, the economy is in tough shape. They say it's 9.1%. My gas is doubled, but somehow, I'm not a mathematician. I don't know. Maybe I'm doing the calculation wrong. Uh, But this is a time where something for free, I'm talking absolutely free, free 99, no shipping and handling, just delivered straight to you. Uh, this is a time where something free is worth its weight in gold. Uh, in this instance, it's actual gold. It's precious metals, IRAs. Uh, you can invest in these tax-sheltered accounts, and they are an excellent store of the value of your hard-earned money. Uh, this is just like the IRA that you already have, just like the 401k that you might have with your work, except that money, that value is vested into gold, okay? It's not It's not into the dollar. Some call it a fiat currency. There are lots of YouTube videos and black holes you can go into on that. But before you do, text Mobley to 989898. Guys, huge thanks to another sponsor of the show, My Pillow. You know Mike Lindell's been fighting uh, cancel culture for years and years and years. He fought for us. Now we can fight for him. Uh, by purchasing his awesome products. I'm wearing the slippers right now. I sleep on the sheets. We've got, you know, if you're ever a guest in uh, the Mobley household, we actually have my pillow pillows for our guests because we are that committed to the cause. So thank you to Mike Lindell, great patriot. And thank you to all of the listeners out there. I know that you are going to go to mypillow.com and you use promo code Mobley or type in mypillow.com slash Mobley. You can see the discounted prices in real time up to 66%. And they've got more products than you think, guys. They've got uh, gym wear, lounge wear, the best sweatshirt that I have that's not my own sweatshirt uh, is is a MyPillow uh, sweatshirt. Awesome, awesome stuff. 
I think I've got the, not the moccasins. These are like the slip-on slippers that I'm wearing now. Basically, when I live my life, a MyPillow product is touching me. That's just the way that it is. MyPillow.com promo code Mobley. Today, we are hearkening back to some Joe Mobley history. Um, many of you fans of the show know that I uh, I am a medically separated U.S. Army veteran. I served for 11 years. Um, but uh, six years of that service was uh, at a little place called Fort Sill, Oklahoma in Lawton or Lawtown for you old Western fans. And guys, the way that I describe Lawton is uh, in between Dallas and Oklahoma City, that nothing that's right there, that is Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Uh, wonderful place. We are talking to... Dr. Mark Sherwood, he is in Oklahoma. Uh, he's a former gubernatorial candidate. Uh, and obviously, anyone that's going to put the the R next to their name is certainly an unposited conservative. Uh, but this is a guy that's fighting for individual liberty, individual rights, parents' rights. He's fighting for state autonomy. Someone who's read and understands the Constitution didn't just read the first four pages, but also read the amendments, guys. There's something called the 10th Amendment. Uh, look it up, okay? Uh, I would venture to guess that he's read The Federalist and probably understands uh, that. So if you were into our favorite white supremacist, you know, John Jay and Monroe and Madison and Hamilton and all those guys, George Washington and the game back here, you know, my favorite white supremacist that brought freedom to more people uh, than anyone else in the history of the world, then you are going to be into this interview with this guest and it all starts right now. Dr. Mark, how are you, my man? I'm doing well, Joe. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, absolutely. So we just missed each other. We we just missed each other uh, down there at Clay Clark's event. And we, we must have just been walking circles. You see those like old Scooby-Doo episodes where they're <laughs> they're going around in the same building. They just can't find each other. Uh, so um, so I know who you are and I've, I've read uh, your sheet. And I, I could tell you, if I were an actual Oklahoman, I would have voted for you. Of course, I, I was one of those people who did the absentee ballot for the right reason because I'm yes. serving in another state or people that are deployed. <laughs> Um, but uh, tell the audience who you are and what you're all about, and we'll dive in. Well, as you stated, my name is Mark Sherwood, and I am a naturopathic doctor by trade. Um, I work with my wife, Dr. Michelle, at the Functional Medical Institute. And, so this and, this is what we call a useful doctor, not like Dr. Jill, okay? <laughs> someone that, that a patient or someone seeking care might find useful. Uh, so sorry. Yeah, sorry we have been... We've been very successful over the course of the last decade, Joe, uh, fighting against what I call medical tyranny. You know, we we do have medications, but we work to get people off of medications. We uh, have a business practice that eliminates the uses of non-necessary medications, and we also eliminate these self-imposed choice-driven diseases, and there are a bunch of those. And prior to that, um, I was a police officer in the state of Oklahoma, Tulsa to be exact for 24 years, 10 years of which was on the SWAT team. And um, prior to that, I was a professional baseball player. And in between those times, I kind of became a bodybuilding champion. I was on the power team. Uh, many of you remember that. Uh, breaks, bricks and Ben steel and blew up hot water bottles and ran through big slabs of ice. And we traveled all around the world in an evangelistic cause. And then now, you know, 
just got out of the gubernatorial race in Oklahoma. Did not win the primary, but we surely gave it a heck of an effort. And um, we're authors, uh, three-time number one Amazon bestsellers. And we were also movie makers. So we were on our fourth movie right now, complete filming on that this coming week, which is kind of exciting on that. So a lot of, a lot of hats we wear, but man, we're patriots to the core and we want to help save America. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining the show. I wanted to throw up uh, your website. It was just there and it disagreed, it disappeared. Guys, I might've been right about one thing. It, it is hard for us black people to use the internet. Okay. I struggle all the time. <laughs> And I knew that media was in my future. And that's why I married a white woman. So she could help me use the internet. I, I got an iPhone. I'll, I, I'll be honest. I don't know how to use it. Uh, so um, we, bring, we bring guests like Dr. Mark on. And you know, we, we make big life decisions like who we're going to marry based on who's going to help us use the internet. Uh, but guys, at SherwoodTV.com. Um, and <laughs> honestly... Uh, Credit where credit's due. StreamYard makes this easy. Uh, I oh, use yeah. StreamYard if you guys are unaware. I don't know how you could be. The branding's pretty obvious there. Uh, but yeah, I don't have any relationship with them. They probably don't like that I use their platform, if we're being honest. Uh, but anyway, guys, it's Sherwood.tv. Um, <laughs> doctors, Mark and Michelle Sherwood. Uh, this is what happened when I do too many interviews uh, in, in a row here. Um, so like I was saying, so many different things to talk about. I'm glad that you were a guy because there's, there've just been a string of female candidates. And I've started saying the man in the arena is a woman, you know, where there's that old song, where have all the good men gone? And it's like, yeah. heck if I know, because <laughs> like, they're a club, is there a Facebook group that yeah. I can join? What on earth made you? Because it is, it is cancellations a real thing. We're talking about someone you're you're a, a businessman. You, mm -hmm. You've stood up your own things from nothing. There's so much risk, and and my brand is being an uncloseted conservative. You know, and uh, I was at one of the largest firms, one of the largest consulting firms when COVID happened, and then George Floyd happened, and they put me on the stage and uh, asked me to share my thoughts. And you already knew my thoughts, but hey, we can't disparage law enforcement this yeah. way. You know, we've got all these facts and figures. This is incredibly irresponsible for the power and influence that we have to be leveraging in this way. Uh, so not to get into George Floyd, but that's that was all COVID to Floyd was my come out of the conservative closet. I was everyone already knew and I've got guns all over the place and and <laughs> and I was wearing a MAGA hat before it was cool. But what on earth caused you to do that thing, to put that R behind your name and to jump into the arena? And you went straight for the top. I mean, oh, Texas, uh, Oklahoma governor, that, that's a serious off, office yeah. for an awesome state uh, that needs that needs some freedom, you know, injected back into it. You know, Oklahoma should be one of the freest places in the union. Yeah, it should be. Um, contrary to popular belief. Uh, Joe, I didn't lose my mind temporarily. Um, you know, honestly, for years, um, I had gotten completely uh, frustrated with the political system, and I was an independent for a long, long time because I got sick and tired of it, man. I realized that, you know, the Republicans are not Republicans. They're just nothing more than pseudo-conservatives, and then the Democrats were just nothing more than 
um, God haters, you know, <laughs> like what, what are we doing here? You know? And so uh, brings us to maybe the spring of 2021. And, and honestly, man, I just sensed that God was laying on my heart to, to do something, get involved, get in the arena, go fight, you know? And uh, I went to my wife and I said, Hey, I think I'm supposed to run for office. And she's like, what office? And I'm like, I don't know. And so we just kind of let it sit there for a while, you know, and didn't do much. Right. And so then I, I began to do my own exploration. I, I actually read, there is a document called the Oklahoma Republican or GOP platform. And I, I actually got that thing and I, I downloaded it. It's 34 pages. I read the whole thing and I said, Hey, this is what I do. This is who I am, but that's not what they do. And then I, I talked to a few people and, and they said, well, if you want to run for office, you, you can't, you can get on the ticket with being an independent, but you really are going to hurt things because you're going to start separating the vote, you know? And so I thought, well, okay, I get that. So then I read the Republican platform again. I said, well, this is what I am. And, and I thought to myself, that's what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to, get into the Republican party because that's what I stand for, even though they don't do it. And so that came and then through again, more prayer. I, I, I just sensed that, you know, the place based on my experience that I knew I could affect to change the most was from the position of governor, because I do understand the constitution. I do understand the bill of rights. I do understand the founding fathers history and intent. And I do understand why, America has failed predominantly because we have no governors and we have no sheriffs. And so I realized that. And um, through that time, you know, I sensed God uh, was calling me, Joe, to just be obedient. It wasn't about winning or losing. It was about, are you willing to get in the game? And um, we said yes. Um, and when we did, it was a weight lifted off. And we worked very hard. And without question, um, as commitment to my call in my life, we use the platform uh, to bring glory to God. I brought honor to my wife because in every speech I gave, and there was 250 plus, plus speeches, man, it was a lot. And every one of them I began with, you know, I profess Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I did that. And secondly, I would always say, I honor the most important person in my life in this earth, which is my wonderful wife. And she became fondly known as not my my spare rib only, but my prime rib. So I use that little term there, right? <laughs> so um, we use that platform to bring attention to the Constitution and the GOP platform. So on one hand, I had a Constitution. The other hand, I had the GOP platform. And I spent my time traveling around the state to do that. And, uh, and we, we didn't win the election. But we got almost 50,000 votes. And that's not too shabby for a grassroots, um, you know, ultra conservative, clear um, constitutional platform, which is frankly um, and missing today. You just don't see it out there. And to your point earlier about where are all the good men, uh, man, Joe, look, the family has decayed because of a lack of fathers. And so we see that the lack of, you know, men stepping up and being men. And it bothered me enough that I didn't want to be a part of the problem, but I, I did want to be a part of the solution. I'll remain a part of the solution by being one of those men that are willing to sacrifice all and die on those hills for those important things that we call freedom. 
Awesome. You know, it's hilarious to me. Uh, I heard some, I did not listen to all 250 plus of your speeches, but I heard many of them. Uh, and it's hilarious to me. You, you talk about, you know, not being afraid of stuff. It it just strikes me as so odd. And they throw the word, you you throw phobe onto the end of everything now. Yeah. And it's like, how? Where this disconnect is absolutely nuts. Like guys like us, I mean, you you were a SWAT officer, and people really think that they can intimidate you out of sharing a dissident <laughs> belief or opinion. Like, what kind of threat is that? Like, and I'm just like, there are a lot of men and women. Usually, they cite their careers. Usually, they cite civility in the neighborhood. I don't want my neighbors to be. I've been. My neighbors have done everything but thrown stuff at me because they, you know, that I support the evil orange man. Uh, <laughs> but guys, we have got to get out of this culture of intimidation. Um, you know, the the good book, 365 instances of be yeah. courageous, you know, be bold and courageous, not afraid, not discouraged. For the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1.9. Um, you know, the <laughs> it's not a suggestion, guys. It's a commandment. There's well. something. There is something that you are uniquely designed to do and it's going to be uncomfortable. You might be naturally talented at it. You might have a natural proclivity or inclination towards it, but to do it the way that you're designed to do it, it's going to be uncomfortable. I promise you that. I hate the fact that I have a podcast and a show and that I have fans, people that know who I am because I was Ron Swanson. I wanted to live in obscurity my my anonymity and my privacy were were so valued by me, yeah. uh, and I, I can imagine that you're a similar type dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do not man. want to be the face on the poster. Um, no, and you know, going through this process, um, I made the comment to my wife. You know, it's like we. I think we woke up every demon in hell, man. It was it was rough. I mean, yeah. honestly, I, I said something in a in a. In a it was a news interview. I, I think, by the way, Oklahoma media, they just wouldn't cover us at all, but that's the way mm -hmm. it is, you know. Uh, but in a national interview I was doing, I was talking about the uh, abortion issue, and I'm a product of a rape situation. A lot of people know that, you know, and, and you're right. I wasn't afraid of anybody. I don't give a rip what they think. Man, you know, people like us, we don't run from people. We run at it, you know, <laughs> right at it. Yeah. And so I said something like uh, this, and it's true. I said, life the very concept of it begins in God before it's ever conceived on earth. And it's a true statement for those people out there that really are of the Christian faith and do believe in God. And, um, well, uh, news, Newsweek picked that up and they did this massive hit piece on me. Gubernatorial candidate thinks life begins in before it's conceived on earth. The audacity. Yeah, and it just, it just became this national story and man, you, you, the, the threats, the nastiness, and I'm like, bring it on. I don't give a rip what you think. You know, you're messing with the wrong guy here. And so, you know, we didn't back down at all. Um, but I use that example. That is what it's going to take to get our republic and our freedoms back, that kind of attitude. And if we don't have that attitude, Joe, we're not going to get it back because. It's going to take um, clear aggression against fear and aggression against tyranny to recapture and retake and regain our freedom. 100% agree. So 
uh, you just just hearing abortion just brings all of the all of the different debate and the uh, the Supreme Court has been on fire. Okay, with one obviously with the Dobbs decision um, overturning Roe v. Wade. Uh, a little bit less popular, but some people are aware of West Virginia versus EPA, the, the high court found in West Virginia's favor. There's something brewing in that high court. I'm not really worried about Ketanji Brown Jackson, you know, uh, being being sworn in. I, when I think for such a time as these, those nine individuals really for about four or five of those individuals. And, you know, liberals are good. There's a difference between radical left, liberals. I'm from uh, New York City. My whole family are liberal. I'm, I'm the literal black sheep of the family, the one conservative. We need the balance, okay? Liberals are usually more compassionate and empathetic than I am, and they've taught me a lot about grace and mercy. And mercy. I, I'll admit it. I used to have a perverted view of justice, that was wrong. I've, I've admitted that several times. Um, but what we're seeing, going back to the court, what I'm seeing is a return to states' rights. When I read, you know, you read the decision, uh, the opinion, but you really need to look at the, the dissents and the concurrences. Justice Thomas's, Clarence Thomas's uh, concurrences are like pure fire these days. Like yeah. it's, he is called, he's pulling out all the stops. There's no such thing as substantive due process. That's something the court made up to give themselves, ourselves, more power. I'm the person who can, who benefits from the power imbalance. And I'm saying that it's inappropriate. There's no more authentic statement than that. Hey, this doesn't appear in the Constitution. And for that reason, we can't deem it as constitutional or unconstitutional. This is a state's right. You get to do whatever you want. Whatever you, we've got states like Maryland and California that have legislation that will allow post-birth abortion, yep. like, a, like a warranty period for two, three, four weeks after birth, you can bring a living, breathing, and they used to say, oh, it's in the womb, a living, breathing child outside the womb with clothes on that you're feeding and playing with, and you can bring it to the doctor and say, ah, I changed my mind, uh, and and have it murdered is, is what's happening, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> not to go down that deep, dark road. The court seems to have found and dusted off that old copy of the Constitution, and they're saying, hey, this is our lane, and everything that's not in here, you actually get to decide you are empowered people, you are empowered states, you are empowered uh, local municipalities. That excites me. But do you think that we're going to that we're going to see a return to federalism, which is states' rights? I, I hope so, Joe. And so people that maybe listen to this for the first time, you know, like we're talking about the 10th Amendment's what we're talking about. And the Supreme Court has made a series of decisions, uh, opinions that they've rendered that have been accurate based upon the historical document that sets the timeline and the foundation of what we call this Constitutional Republic. And so they've actually got these right. So what that means is they had it wrong before. So they got these right, and there was wrong before, especially in the Dobbs decision with the idea of uh, abortion going back to the states. It has always been a state issue, and it always was, and it became— Ruth Bader Ginsburg said so herself. Yeah, and it's always been that issue, but we didn't have, 49 and a half years ago, the courage to stand up against it, 
or the knowledge to give us the courage to stand up against. We didn't know the 10th Amendment, or if we did, we backed away from it. And what that caused is this trajectory of a transition that's inferred power away from the people in the states to the federal government. And this story, this analogy I'll give you is really uh, paramount to our discussion. The way the Constitution is laid out, with the 10th Amendment specifically, is these powers that are not specific and narrow that are enumerated uh, to the federal government are retained by the states and the people respectively. Congress only has 18 powers as defined in Article One, Section 8 of the Constitution. Only 18 powers. The president has less. So what happened was is the states and the people if the intent of federalism were the parents. So the states and the people became the parents and the federal government was the child. And as long as we kept that sort of hierarchical uh, understanding of authority, we were fine. But when the states and the people started giving power to the federal government, it's like parents giving a child a Maserati, a key to it, and the child didn't even have a driver's license. And the child's going to get hurt and wounded and actually hurt people because it's not equipped to drive that car. And using the same analogy in a family unit, when a child, when a family unit gives their children authority over the parents, it becomes dysfunctional. And that's what we have right now. We've got a federal government that's completely dysfunctional, um, that we depend on erroneously to take care of us, to feed us, clothe us, protect us, fund us. And they were never equipped to do that. Self-governance or, or this idea of uh, state sovereignty or even family sovereignty or community sovereignty or county sovereignty has always been in the Constitution. And it's interesting to see how we've transitioned. Now, my concern is now that, that the Supreme Court is finally getting a few decisions right. And remember, they don't make laws. We've given them so much power, which is, again, a mistake. What happens is now, to go back to states, since we've allowed some of these uh, states and people in these states to taste blood, i.e. in the adoption abortion <clears throat> situation, once you taste blood, it empowers you. Hence, you're going to have states like Maryland and California, they're going to pass bills that are going to promote post-birth executions of these children. And so I see that you're going to see increased abortions now as opposed to decreased abortions. Now, you'll have some states that, and you see this in that area, that have said, oh, we're great. We know we got trigger laws that go into effect, and now we're banning abortions. And those governors are taking credit for that. I'm saying, stop, shut up. You have no, you have no standing to take credit, because how many babies have been murdered on your watch prior to this? The Supreme Court doesn't make the rules. Constitution had rules for us. So a little bit of a a rant there, but you get the idea of this, and we have got to get this idea of self-governance, state sovereignty back into discussion, because if we don't, the idea of federalism will never come back again. And my concern is that we won't get it back because we don't have leaders in place, uh, sheriffs and governors that get that. Hey, it's my favorite kind of rant because, you know, Benjamin Franklin said he did tell you a republic if you can keep it, but people stop at that part of the quote, that idea, Benjamin Franklin also said, you know, 
there was a lot of controversy about can a republic work? Because yeah. to that point in history, they were like, republics always collapse. They don't work. Uh, they knew that pure democracies didn't work. They came up with this idea of constitutional government. They came up with this triune uh, body of government with the three separate branches and federal, all of this stuff they understood, okay? Turns out the founding fathers actually knew more about how this worked and they had studied history and philosoph uh, philosophers and many of them philosophers themselves. Uh, but, you know, we just do an ad hominem and say, oh, well, they were all white patriarchal uh, racist. That, that, that's not true at all, guys. No. Uh, but he said, a republic will work so long as we have a well-informed and well-educated populace. And what yes. has the, the tyrannical among us, those that wish to have sole authority, what have they done? They've attacked our education via the Department of Education, which is really the Department of Indoctrination. And they've they've attacked our ability to be well-informed through censorship, through um, a, a permanent oligarchical-type media where all of the, the media, the establishment media is all owned by like the same three people and they parrot those opinions. Uh, and I hate to say it, yeah. but Fox News, you were in there as well. When, when you talk about the omissions, the things that you leave out, what is allowed to be spoken about, that's controlling. The education piece is already done via Department of Ed but then well-informed. That's why the press, and guys, I talk about this all the time. That is why the press is included in the First Amendment because yes. they're supposed to be holding the government's butt to the fire, holding them accountable, fact-checking them, not air quotes fact-checking, but actually saying, hey, you said this, but this is what the data shows. You said that this would work, but this is uh, what these, this is how that policy manifests in reality. And now we're coming to hold you accountable. You used to have to pay the piper that was the media. And now the media just goes along with every, I, I think that, let's see, what could a Joe Biden do? We know what Hunter Biden could do. Uh, but I think that Joe Biden could, I don't know, he could crash a remote control plane into the Smithsonian. And it wouldn't get coverage. No. <laughs> I get coverage. That it's, is a danger to our form of government. It's crazy because, you know, as as hard as we worked, um, you know, Joe, over the last 11 months-ish, um, and we worked hard. I think we had, the last day we had off was maybe a year ago. No kidding. I mean, we worked every wow. day. We paid our way. We would get in the car. We would drive all around the state, including going to the reawaken tours. We did all that. Uh, again, no regrets. But the people were so hungry for knowledge. And when we would tell them things like that, they were like, oh, my gosh, I never heard that before. Even just last evening, I was invited to a discussion amongst some uh, leaders in the community sitting near me. And um, they were wondering what we could do about violence in schools and all this stuff, you know, and and they asked me about, you know, states' rights and the government involved. I went over this 10th Amendment, and, and there was probably 50 people there, Joe, but I, I, I probably had more than half of them come up to me and say, I've never heard that before. And, and nobody ever told me that before. And then there's attorneys in the room that said, we didn't learn that in school. You know, and I was of like. Of course not. No way. And then there was law enforcement in the room. And I know from law enforcement, where you do too, we're taught maybe the first, the second, the fourth. But we're not taught the Tenth Amendment. Eh, nothing about that. And so it's interesting. Yeah, one, two, four, five. Bingo. Yeah, one, two, four, five. 
what, 15, which is a privacy, 14. Um, and then one of the ones in the teens is, and it's the same. And you learn yeah. the same cases to Arizona v. Miranda, Pennsylvania. V. Like you, you learn the cases in the law that allow you to do your job and that's it. Yeah. There's no application of the constitution and in part. And, and I think you mentioned it very key when you mentioned, uh, you know, what Ben Franklin said. And, and you also look into those papers and you see this um, idea of it won't exist if we don't have a moral compass or moral guidance, you know, moral guidance coming from a, a, a sovereign God or a sovereign being. And, and, and boy, we've got so far away from that. So not only is an attack on knowledge with uh, agenda to suppress knowledge and control knowledge with propaganda and indoctrination, um, but it's also a, uh, a key point that the leftist, communist, socialist, agenda is doing is they want to make it anti-God where you cannot, should not talk about God. And so it, it, the Republic cannot stand in its face and existence anymore if we don't have God as the guiding feature because God's principles are the ones that are laid out in the Constitution and the rights we have to the Bill of Rights are actually given to us by God as defined in the Bill of Rights. So it's a, it's fascinating to me how we've switched it up so much and shifted knowledge and now the media controls everything because they are so controlled by the dollar right now which by the way big pharma is a major contributor and the most major contributor to political campaigns and then a lobbying effect and then big pharma of course is advertising to consumers and so we're controlled by outside money outside entities outside interest and press anymore is is not uh, just presenting facts and being objective. No, it's not that way anymore. It's it's one-sided. It's driven by that agenda. Yeah, they need to retire the Pulitzer and just start giving them Oscars and, and totally. Emmys. And <laughs> those Couldn't agree more, awards. yes. So we can't talk about our tyrannical government without talking about firearms. Which, uh, guys, I I say one of my most viral tweets is, you know, AR-15s were not designed for hunting. uh, uh, For hunting, they were designed for hunting tyrannical governments, okay? This is, you know, we see in Ukraine how crazy of an idea that they are fending for their country. They are fighting for their sovereignty using privately owned firearms, really using American-owned firearms that we uh, paid for and sent over there. That's a, a whole nother conversation. Uh, but it comes down to the right to self-defense. And this is a natural right. They talk about the laws of nature, nature's God in our founding documents. Here's the thing. Either there's an objective truth, either there is a God that decided this is good, this is bad, do this, don't do that, or ethics and morality are completely made up man-made constructs. Those are the only two options. It's red yep. pill or blue, but th- this is a, that's a zero sum game. Um, throughout the course of human history, governments have expanded and increased their power and reach. That's the only thing that happens. Governments move towards tyranny. It's, it's the natural order. They're in these offices. They want uh, more power. There are no term limits. There are no uh, budgetary limits. There are no guidelines on, on just about anything, especially the further you move away from the Constitution. 
you're someone, and it's interesting, a lot of cops don't like for private citizens to have firearms. Uh, most of us cops that have read the Constitution and understand it um, are all about it. Yeah, I find a lot of solace in the fact that my five foot two, I don't know, maybe <laughs> got to be careful here, but close to a hundred pound uh, wife, I find a lot of solace that, you know, it's not just left up to her physical ability, but it's left up to uh, Sig Sauer over here. Uh, not mm. this one. That one's fine. Uh, but yeah. I find a lot of solace in the fact that she has that uh, to pre- protect herself and our four kids. Um, I don't even know what to ask. There are so many Americans that don't understand that it is up to you to protect yourself. And law enforcement would yeah. love to be there and would love to intercess and stand in the gap between you and evil. Um, But the unfortunate reality is we're looking at 12, 13, 14-minute response times in a lot of places, which is a decent response time. Uh, For SWAT, we're looking at an additional 12 to 14 minutes. So depending on what kind of bind you are in, you might be it. (laughs) You might be all the help that you've got. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, question this, and, and I too did. Way back when, as a young officer, I remember the first time I heard of, um, you know, concealed carry or open carry. Way back when, um, kind of freaked me out because I was thinking, well, who? They better get ready to get guns pointed at them. You know, it was kind of my thought, right? And uh, that's true, right? Because you you don't know who the bad guys are. Uh, but the interesting thing about this is that, and people can remember this, that emergencies are seconds away but police officers are minutes away. And I don't have time to wait on police officers when I got an emergency. If somebody's trying to take my life, I need to protect myself. And so the Second Amendment, as we discussed there, as you noted, um, is the only amendment that tells you within the amendment the reason for the amendment. And most people don't understand that or think that way, but within that amendment, a well-regulated militia for the necessity of the security of the free state um, shall keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed, right? And I just paraphrase that. But the bottom line is for the necessity of the free state, right? And there you got it right there. That's good. Um, the security of the free state. This thing, to hold the freedoms together, we have to have the ability to keep and bear arms. And the uh, framers were very specific, and that's also an amendment they said shall not be infringed. In other words, don't move this one at all because we have to have the security of a free state for the necessary uh, necessity of the security of the free state. So it's interesting that within that reason, we've lost focus. And the more of the tyrannical government, Joe, tries to take over and take uh, our farms away, um, the more tyranny we get. But back to our 10th Amendment discussion. It doesn't really matter what this clown in chief does or what his pseudo Congress does, because Congress, now let's think about this. If that 18 powers, and you were to read those right now, Article 1, Section 8, you're not going to see any firearm legislation on there. Isn't that fascinating? So the very discussion they have is completely unconstitutional. Therefore, it is irrelevant to the states completely irrelevant. And they're conning people to believe that, well, we're going to pass this and they're going to give you money. We're going to print more money that we don't have any backing on. You know, you talked about that earlier. 
<laughs> just print more fake money, and we're going to throw it to you so that you'll do what we want you to do. And the bottom line is the states, all of them, could tell the federal government to go pound sand because it doesn't matter. You know, whatever they want to do, it doesn't matter. Every state in these United States could look at the Biden administration and say, we don't care what you do. We're a Second Amendment sanctuary. We don't give a rip. Now, you can do that. And there could be sheriffs in an individual county. Let's say you got a, a Many county. states, it's in their constitutions. Uh, Virginia is a commonwealth, but Virginia is one. Uh, Alabama, I think Tennessee, where every citizen of Virginia in per our state constitution until like late 60s, early 70s is what they call a member of the unorganized militia. Yeah. And it's just this legal concept where they were like, hmm, what if the government got so dumb that they tried to have this argument about what is and what is not a militia? And they were like, just for our state, we've got it covered. Everyone who's able to fight, who wants to, is categorized as un, uh, unorganized, unorganized militia. You know, That's right. It, and the fascinating thing is like in Oklahoma, for example, these state constitutions can either have more strength or less strength. In Oklahoma, on the Second Amendment, we have one of the weakest constitutions. A lot of people don't know because after those words shall not be infringed, instead of a period there, we have a semicolon. And we have these subparagraphs, and I think Section B in that one in the Oklahoma Constitution says basically the legislature can enact laws that are that go above and beyond this for the protection of the citizens, blah, blah, blah. And I just heavily paraphrase that too. But again, that's why in Oklahoma we have a very um, – robust lobbying group called Oklahoma Second Amendment, you know, group. And they spend a lot of money on lobbying for gun laws in Oklahoma. And we have multiple gun laws here. But it's crazy how every state's different when the United States Constitution says that. And we know that any law that is passed contrary to the Constitution is unconstitutional and should not be followed by anyone. So again, that gets this whole idea of organized, peaceful rebellion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And here's the thing, guys. I agree. If it's unconstitutional, I don't need to learn about the state law or mm -hmm. the little municipal code or whatever. If it's unconstitutional, it's unconstitutional. This is, you know, in the military, what people think of as an unlawful order. Right. Well, you know, Commander or Sarge told me to knock off a bank. Uh, no, 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 that would be <laughs> would be an unlawful order. Uh, is it immoral, unethical, uh, illegal, that kind of thing? Well, when you ask those questions, you don't have to ask the is it immoral or unethical. You have to ask, is it illegal? There is a uh, supremacy clause. OK, all laws within, you know, the jurisdiction within the United States are subject to the supremacy of the United States constitution. Mm -hmm. Some call it the supreme law of the land. It goes yep. for its interpretation. It goes to the Supreme court, which is really supposed to be about settling disputes between states and, and, and the occasional judicial review of, of, of getting into the specificity, looking at laws with specificity to say, Hey, this part is unconstitutional because of X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the, the reason that we have all of these states and why federalism and the Tenth Amendment is such a good idea, it's a brilliant idea. You need, you need to understand what the framers were thinking. 
to safeguard against tyranny and to also safeguard against um, a post 9-11 type event where we all have the brilliant idea to, to support the Patriot Act and establish the Homeland Security Apparatus, which I used to be a member of. I used to be in that intelligence community. And I got to tell you, the capabilities that this United States government has will make your head spin, you know, like the exorcist girl uh, from the <laughs> from the old movie. Um, but that that's a whole nother podcast episode. We, we can talk about that some other time. Yeah. Uh, but when everyone, when, when the emotions, you know, get entangled and everyone jumps into this kind of bandwagon type mentality, the reason that federalism and the 10th Amendment is supposed to safeguard against that, it's good ideas over a long period of time, seeing how a policy manifests in a town, in a county, in a state, then maybe in a region, then maybe it can have broad, you know, coast to coast, border to border, nationwide coverage. Um, or a governor like Christy Nome can say, hey, this is a terrible idea. A governor like Ron DeSantis can say, no, we're not shutting down our, our anything. This is a terrible idea. And yep. maybe if our idea is bad, there will be solid data and facts from other governors, from other states, from other cities, from other municipalities. That's how it's supposed to go. We get dug in and we just want to be on our team. It's like, no, you know, a liberal can show me some data to support yep. an idea that I have. and then. You know, they say it's about being right. Well, the very next moment, I'm right. I'm on your side. You won me over with facts and logic and reason, and your idea was better. I don't want to do my worst idea just because it's conservative. No, I want to do no. the best idea. That's what the, I, I love that you talked about the 10th Amendment so much because people need to know it, understand why it's important. This is for human yeah. flourishing. We have, we are about harm reduction. I mean, you you went from law enforcement to noticing that people were were having broken down bodies when they yeah. got out. They were supposed to be the most you know fit and happy and vivacious people, and and you set out on this path. And people are probably thinking, well, how does he go from law enforcement to, to medicine? <laughs> and because yeah. you are about harm reduction, it's the same thing. I think it's a natural next step for you to Me get into politics because it's about fixing. Uh, systems that impact, you know, and can heal when we're talking about crime, poverty, education outcomes, all of these things. I, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I get asked that a lot, you know, what's the transition like? And you just did a very good job describing it. You know, you go from, you know, protection and service to um, stand the gap for those people that can't stand the gap for themselves. You know, you're protecting the victim, you're standing in a gap to prevent society from going into chaos and law enforcement. And then um, I was put in charge of a wellness program development at the academy and um, didn't know how to do that. So I began to understand, Joe, that um, law enforcement was dying. And I did some studies and determined that the old FBI study that was back in the, I think it was the 60s or 70s, that said the average 20-year male retired police officer lives to 66 years of age. And then I did an uh, analysis that brought us back to the early 2000s in Oklahoma, and I found that that hasn't changed. And even in Tulsa, it had went down a year. So I realized that people are dying, um, getting sicker quicker, and maybe dying through life a little bit faster and a little more robust. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go into this and seek out why. And I found that that pattern was true with things called stress. And so I 
we endeavor to go from that into protection and service from a broader sense, you know, like from a nationwide from, from themselves. And then now, you know, we just transition into the idea of bringing healing to state um, uh, and people. So we, it, this is a healing process that, that we've been gifted with to uh, really diagnose problems from systemic nature. What's the original cause of it, you know, and, and determine that, and you determine how to solve the problem down the line by preventing the original upstream cause. And so that's kind of the, the message that we still broadcast in our offices now, and that's what we broadcast to the country and to our state. And we're going to continue uh, along those lines to keep pushing that because we want to see um, the nation and people healed one family, one person at a time. Mm. So I'm going to put... Uh... And maybe this will be the last topic. I'm I'm gonna put all of my mental health outcomes on you. So this okay. is this is uh this is it. <laughs> Got it. I am a freaking ping pong ball. So the first um it was actually the second interview I ever did, but it was the first episode I, I put it out first. Uh, I interviewed Dr. Steve Bucci, um, and he's a he's a retired Green Beret. Um, I think he was a colonel. Um he's uh a fellow at the Heritage Foundation, really smart guy, really credentialed out guy. And we were talking like in the green room uh, and I was saying, Steve, I just feel like the nation's on the edge, man. I feel like it's over. And he said, Joe, don't worry. He said, the founders are smarter than AOC. He said, they've built a very robust and above all resilient system. This isn't the first time that we've dealt with socialism or communism. There used to be an American Socialist Party, an American Communist Party. We, we had them at highest levels of government. And I'm like, all right, so you walked me back from the ledge. But I, I feel like a ping pong ball. Like every other day, depending on what time you ask me, I'm the system is resilient. Patriots are waking up. We are going to, you know, right the ship. And then you ask me a few hours later, and I'm like, no, there's going to be a revolution. There, there's going to be some type of overblown conflict. Like, <laughs> so the, the founders were brilliant. They really were. There was no group of men that talk about a divine appointment. Like, no, at no time in history was there such a group of guys to get together um, and, and their families, because I know that their wives were, we say that women nag, they don't nag. They mm-hmm. keep telling us their good ideas and perspective until they wear <laughs> our ego down, and we agree. <laughs> that's good. Uh, that, that's what nagging really is. Um, they're, they're, they're experts at winning hearts and minds. Um, but what do you see? Do you, do you think that the resilience of the, you know, there's still a fighting American spirit, and we are going to right the ship, and we're going to do it through legislative process, um, do you, do you think we're in for a summer of love type situation? Uh, you know, a Chaz Chop kind of thing. And talk about insurrection. I mean, these guys take over sovereign territory within the United States. And CNN calls it a mostly peaceful protest. Yeah, what I think is going to happen, and this is what I see. I mean, go back to the... Um, do, do I see the world getting brighter? No. I don't. Do I see America getting more um, with an evil intent? I actually do see that. Mm. But here's what I see. Because the divine 
nature. You mentioned that word divine nature, that those men were, I mean, 56 people, Joe, signed the Declaration of Independence, not 57 and not 5,600, 56. So if those men were so divinely inspired by a divine God to create and birth this constitutional republic or constitutional democratic republic, whatever you want to call it, this hybrid form of government that Ben Franklin said you can only hang on to, or you, you, you can enjoy it if you can hang on to it. The divine nature is still here in this earth, and it's called God himself. And, and God's people are still here. You, me, other men and women across this country. And God's power will never be overpowered by any darkness that is. So there will always be that influence there. And there will always be light in the midst of this darkness. So I do see us having hope. But I think that hope needs to be encapsulated in the hope in God as he gives that to us, as we embrace that, as we walk in that, that's what gives us the um, vitality to go onward and upward and keep fighting in this battle. And so there is hope out there. We just got to like look for hope in the right places. It's not going to come from the legislature. It's not going to come from the White House. It's not going to come from the president. It's going to come from God himself. And when we start invoking and acknowledging and um, operating in that power and come together as a community deferring our own lives to that power we will begin to see the movement of that divine nature again in our country and that divine nature movement is the catalyst for seeing the change in our country and the retention of this thing we call freedom from this form of government called the republic mm. Yeah, no, that's solid. Uh, and it's funny, it reminds me of something Dan Schultz says, uh, and I'll change the words a little bit, but you got to, this is the order of events. You got to pray and then plan, and then you got to pound pavement. Like it, it's not going to get done through uh, reading and prayer alone. Well, all right. So I guess for today, um, in my ping ponging, I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> It's going to be fine. Look, I mean, you're, you, you know, you're a good man. Um, God has been so good to you with your wife and four kids. You know, that's amazing. And as long as you have breath, and as long as I have breath, and that breath comes from the breath of God, we'll be all right. We're going to be all right. And we've got to go back to it every time because the tendency of us to be um, into despair and discouragement, disappointment, and even fear isn't all of us, man. It really is. It's all of us. So we have to fight against that by deferring our hope from ourselves, from man, back to God. Awesome. Well, guys, that, that's the most positive note we can end things on. Uh, I'll, I'll just be completely honest. I'm an intermittent faster. You guys know that. So I'm, I'm at the end of my, <laughs> my interview journey anyway. Uh, but you know, I'd love to have you back on sometimes. Sometimes oh. we do crazy 90 minute, two hour plus. No, oh, I'm in, man. Interviews. I love it. It's good. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're just the type of people that could sit down and uh, chat forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood is our guest, guys. The website is sherwood.tv. He's on Twitter, uh, he's all over the internet. 
Um, I do hope to see you uh, announcing that you'll be running for another office uh, soon. And, you know, hey, if you are an Oklahoman, and there are a ton of you, uh, they are a, a huge portion of my fan base of Virginians in Oklahoma, again, from my, my six years at Fort Sill. Uh, one, love you guys, uh, Dayspring family, love and miss you guys. Um, but check out uh, uh, Dr. Sherwood and um, uh, everything he's got going on. If you're in his neck of the woods, if you're heading up towards uh, Tulsa, towards Broken Arrow area, you know, drop by, say hi, get some um, just holistic medicine. Like, yeah. Good night. It's like my chiropractor is the only doctor I trust anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cool thing about it, we, you know, through the beauty of uh, connection like this, we can work with people all around the country. So that's good. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so yeah, hey, if you're hearing the sound of our voices, or if you're a visual uh, watcher there, one, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe. Of course, thank you for that. Uh, but just check out everything that they've got going on. You know, your health and well-being. You you can't be in this fight for the nation, the fight for the culture, and the fight for your children. Uh, and all the, the mental health assaults that are going on. You can't be in that fight if you are not healthy, okay? This is a put-your-own-mask-on-first uh, type uh, PSA. Uh, and Dr. Mark Sherwood can definitely help you out with that. So uh, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, guys, like, share, and subscribe wherever you're listening. If you are a radio listener, you know that I love you. You can't like and subscribe there, but you can leave me uh, a note on my website on the contact form. I uh, love getting your emails, guys. The address is asked at djmobleyshow.com. I read all of those emails and I respond to probably 90% of them. Again, that's asked at djmobleyshow.com. Uh, Dr. Sherwood, where can people uh, catch up with you and see what you've got going on? Man, they go to that website, Joe, sherwood.tv, and they can connect with all that we do, um, books, movies, yada, yada, yada. Uh, a lot of things we can do to help people. And uh, like you, we just want to go out there and love people. It's good. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for being part of the Uncloseted Conservative Army. If you want to wear some snarky shirts like the one that I've got on now, I think I actually have this one in the thing. Yeah, different color, but uh, the Joe Biden one star would not recommend. And hey, I hear your comments. You're saying he should get zero stars. Guys, I agree. I, I'm I'm sure that that Dr. Mark agrees. But if I did zero stars, it's hard to tell if it's five stars or zero stars. So anyway, I had to give him one star. I tried a half a star. It didn't look like you thought that it might look. Anyway, uh, you know where to get all that merchandise at djmobileshow.com. I hope you guys have an awesome uh, week and I will catch you in the next one. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.